0: Let's do, it. Let's, do it. Let's, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up really well.
1: You get it. It's time for Beyond Oprah with David, the Hound, Leggett, Leggett.
0: All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are listening to this show, I am your host, David the Hound Liggett, and this is another show of Beyond Ultra. This is uh, two days from the New Year, so Happy New Year to everybody listening. Um, I hope you guys have a, had a great holidays, and uh, I hope everybody's doing well with this warm weather. You guys, have to bear with me a little bit here. I am uh, fighting a sinus infection. So it's uh, a little rough going. I may sound a little uh, nasally, and I apologize for that. But the uh, 60 degree, 70 degree, 30 degree, 50 degree, 40 degree, et cetera, et cetera, weather is just wreaking havoc. So, as always, the show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, and they are the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. If you are an athlete looking for a solid foundation or just looking for a clean, drug-free base supplement, then check out P4P Muscle at P4PMuscle.com. Uh, you can get a 15% off discount using my code Hound, and that will get you 15% off for anything they have to offer, t-shirts, hats, supplements awesome stuff um so check them out you'll enjoy what they have i love what they have uh everybody that's ever used it has said they love what they have so today we have a good show um this gentleman is a uh that i'm going to have on the show is a sports photographer uh he's a fantastic friend he's a hell of a nice guy uh some uh guy that you always look forward to seeing to when you're out running events um i i know this gentleman his name is bob mulholland I know Bob from uh, running uh, obstacle course races. I see Bob photographing, and I always make sure I say hi to him on the course, regardless of how miserable I'm feeling or how great I'm feeling. Bob is the person responsible for capturing awesome photos of people competing from top athletes to the weekend warriors. So when you see everybody posting pictures of Spartan races or other obstacle course races or just any races in general, more than likely it was Bob that took the photo um, he does amazing stuff. He's caught me at my best and at my worst. Um, heck of a nice guy. So what we'll do is we'll get in and talk to Bob and see what it's like, basically, behind the lens of a camera at a sporting event. And uh, you guys are going to love what he has to say. He's a heck of a nice guy, and uh, he loves to talk, so he is perfect for the show. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Good morning, David. How you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. It's great to talk to you today.
1: You too, and happy new year to you and to all your listeners, too.
0: And happy new year to you as well, sir. So, Bob, you are a sports photographer, but I don't want to—I don't want to label you just as a sports photographer because you are a photographer in general. Correct.
1: Correct. Um, it, well, I, my favorite, though, even to to say sports photographer would be more of a generalization. Um, I, my favorites are actually obstacle course racing and races in general as well. I have shot football, basketball. Uh, lacrosse, even dodgeball, but when it really comes down to it, is I love the races, especially the obstacle course races. So uh, that's my niche. Uh, do I shoot other stuff? Yeah, absolutely. But when you what know, gets me out on the weekend, gets me smiling, gets me happy is
0: to be in OCR. That's that's awesome. And uh, how, how did you get how did you get into photography, Bob? Was it something that you just knew you always wanted to do, or did you take a picture one time and someone was like, hey, that's an awesome photo, and you just thought, you know, hey, why not?
1: Yeah, well, you know what's funny is I really started off with a point-and-shoot camera long before I, I considered myself a professional, and I just love taking photos. Um, it's funny because um, both my mom and dad, even though they weren't photographers, they did record a lot of my growing up. My dad on the video side, which I hate to say it, but was without sound. And so, you know, that dates me a little bit. And also uh, my mom, they they had tons of pictures. And so, you know, I I always had a little bit of a hankering and understanding of photography from the technical side because I come from a technical background. But now it was more the creative side and everything. Yeah, I come from a computer IT background. And up until only a few years ago, I was basically still doing that. But um, in around, I think it was like May of 2013, I decided to grab a camera, go out there, and shoot an OCR called Kiss Me Dirty in New Jersey. So the name alone already was a little intriguing to begin with. (laughs) Then on top of that, I find out that it's a female-only mud run, so it got even more interesting. But the crazy part was this particular one, which actually still exists, although most people don't know about it, is that men can run only in wave zero, the wave prior to women starting. And they have oh. to dress as women in order to oh. run. So I mean they <laughs> had me at the end of the lens just on that part alone.
0: Oh, that's gotta be that's gotta be uh interesting to say the least to even watch, let alone capture on film. Um so Bob, basically what what's a general day for you to like at an, an obstacle course race? Like how early do you have to show up? Like what what are the things you do? What are the things you do to get to get prepared to take photos?
1: So generally for us, um, a lot of times I'm freelancing for another bigger photography company, or if I'm doing it myself, um, basically the day starts early. Uh, It usually starts um, an hour or so before the actual race starts, but that's our call time. I even like to get there a little bit earlier than that if I can for the most part, just because I like to see everyone. Um, I mean, long before the race starts, there's people out there, they're stretching, they're getting ready for the race, they're chatting. And I want to meet all those people. That's, that's the best part about photography is not the photos, but the people. The people um, are what make the photos uh, and their experiences that they have throughout the day. So, of course, I want to see them because when I see them out on the course later, I might see them for about 10 or 15 seconds, and then they're flying by me. So there's not <laughs> a lot of conversation that we could have during that time. So I'll start up the day nice and early along with all the um, other athletes, particularly if the elites are starting off everything. And uh then I uh, for a freelance assignment I usually get assigned to a particular obstacle and I'll be at that obstacle all day long. Um nothing changes as far as that goes. I want to see everybody so I really tried to keep it out of even going for a bathroom break. I, you know, so uh Spartan Race said um one of the guys there had actually uh referred to me as Bladder Buster Bob because I wouldn't <laughs> go to the bathroom for 15 hours straight. And um, I'm not sure where I acquired the skill because it definitely doesn't happen outside of the course. But um, <laughs> on the course, I seem to be able to shut down certain things in order to enhance other things like hopefully my, my photography skills.
0: <laughs> you know, that's that's actually got to be some kind of a record, Bob. Seriously.
1: <laughs> I, I think it is. No one no one has said, said otherwise, so I'm pretty much holding myself to that. Plus, to be honest with you, when they throw you out there on the course, there's a lot of times where you're not getting back to a portage on. There's nothing... There's no food. There's no water. You better make sure that you're covered and that you're set to be in that spot all day long. Um, I learned over the process of time to, for example, have a sun umbrella with me. I mean, I've been down to Florida Mm -hmm. shooting a battle frog and the sun is just beating down on you and uh, there's no shade anywhere. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, when I first started out on a particular day at Battle Frog in Florida, an airboat was there prior to my getting there. And this was after the ATV had already blown its clutch, so I had to walk the rest of the way. So you can kind of get a feel for it. No day is the same when it comes to obstacle course racing photography. So I see this airboat, and the guy says, well, you know, I've made sure that there's no more alligators or crocodiles, whichever in that area, are are around right now. So you can see how a typical day starts because I'm going, wait a minute, there were crocodiles or alligators here prior to your being here? (laughs) So I'm wondering how long – it is that I need to be there before they decide to come back. So luckily, they didn't yeah. come back within the least span of time that I was there. Thankfully, by the time uh, with the BFX people, they were constantly coming through. So at least someone would be able to report if they saw me and an alligator together.
0: Wow, that's whew. that is that's definitely hazardous. Now you've been known at times speaking of the hazards of the job. To actually injure yourself for sports photography, for OCR photography. And I remember one time in general, uh, I remember you posting about uh, an incident that happened at World's Toughest Mudder. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, well, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, just a big correction. It wasn't at World's Toughest. is regular it was at Tough mudder. mudder. I'm sorry. But actually, I'm sorry, yes. I can actually go back to an experience prior to that one. Uh, when I had first started out, I decided I wanted to go up to the championship in Vermont for Spartan Race. <laughs> And so um, I had been working the whole day before. I then decided to drive from New Jersey to Vermont. I got there maybe a half an hour before the Ultra Beast Elite people went out, who are the the elite who go out for that particular one. They, they go out probably at 5 in the morning. Uh, it's long before the sun comes out. So I was just getting there. I was very tired. And so I get there, and I'm very excited now because I'm inside there. These guys are all ready to go. I can see the smoke coming off them, for headlamps, because that's basically what light there is. Getting some shots where I can. Boom! They go up the they go up the mountain. I won't see them for probably hours, twelve hours. Who knows how long it's gonna take them to get back? So I start to head back down. Now there's no one around anymore at that point. Everybody kind of dissipated, getting ready for the rest of the Spartan race. And I just, well, I decide. I didn't really decide. Um, Gravity decided to help me slip. Uh, I just slipped in the mud. No. That's all it took. And I felt the crunch. And the crunch was mm. of my uh, left ankle at that point. However, I didn't think that it was broken. I had never broken a bone in my body before. I, I knew it hurt a lot. So um, I had to yell out to the amphibious medics uh, at that time. I just yelled out because there was no other way of really getting to them because it was still dark out. Uh, there was real, I didn't have a walkie-talkie or anything like that. So uh, they came on by. They uh, put me in the back of an ATV, got me back down to, to the medical tent, and um, they thought it was a sprain as well. Of course, they, they wouldn't know. I wouldn't know until an x-ray, x-ray was taken. So I decided... I was gonna shoot for four more hours. <laughs> so uh, I found oh. out that a monopod, which is usually used to hold your camera, can also make uh, an in the, um, in the moment type of crutch for yourself as well. <laughs> so I walked around uh, with a broken ankle, not knowing at the time. Uh, then after I was all done for the day, drove back home to New Jersey, uh, waited three more days, finally went to the doctor and found out it was mm. broken. So that was my first experience as far as it goes with uh, breaking something. But you know what's funny mm. is that during the day, I had actually seen Hoyce Gracie, who is a, a UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship Hall yeah. of Famer. He was there with his family. I guess uh, a Spartan had invited him. They were all wearing Reebok. And I didn't know it at the time when I took the picture until a few seconds later I looked at my camera and go, oh, my God, that's Hoyce Gracie, and I love UFC. So any thought of any sort of pain or anything kind of like went away because <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm seeing one of my uh, all-time favorite superstars out there. So it really made wow. for a great trip. Now, to be in the boot, the cast on West jazz for another three or four months, that wasn't so (laughs) much fun. Um, But luckily, I was still able to drive because it was my left ankle. Um, So I was still able to drive. Now, bringing up uh, what you mentioned at Tough mutter in October of last year, I decided after shooting electroshock therapy, which I know in a lot of people in OCR, electricity obstacles are already – they don't care about them. They don't want to know anything about
0: them. (laughs) But
1: I saw all the pain on the people's faces. And I saw for uh, 8,000 runners, uh, I, I took about 8,000 photos, and I saw all the pain and everything on their face. And I said, "Well, what is this like?" So at the end, I invited all the other photographers over because it was the end of the day, and I said, "Get video, get get photos, whatever this. I just want to try it out." I jump in. Now I'm jumping in boots. I'm not in any sort of compression gear. Nothing that would help me out a little bit more. So uh, these, uh, the, the hay inside of this obstacle are stacked too high. They're usually not. It's usually like a slalom sort of thing. I jump right. in. As soon as I jump in, the first wire hits me on the back of the neck, and this is 10,000 volts running through it, knocks me out. As soon as oh. it knocks me out, I can, I, I'm waking up as I'm falling over, and I can hear the crunch. Now, the crunch is not on the left side this time. The crunch oh. is on the right. Since I've had a little oh. bit of experience with that, I'm realizing the right side is probably broken. But I had just started. They hadn't even re- started recording me yet. The announcer's even uh, egging me on and everything. So I'm like, well, I got to keep going. So a friend of mine, I'll give a shout out to him, Matthew Lowe. He jumps in. He's done World Step His Money. He's done Tough money. He's done Spartans. He's done everything. He jumps in and basically he's um, a step stool for me. So I get onto his back. <laughs> I get over the first set of bales of hay. Now, I also do what's called an iron cross because I saw that during the day. And basically what it is is, you put your arms out to the sides, parallel to the ground, and you get hit with as many as you can. Now, I've already got the broken ankle, so I decide I'm going to electrocute myself in the process. I'm not really deciding this is the, the smartest thing to do, but, <laughs> but I do it anyway. And so Matt helps me up. He gets me over to all the other side, and I eventually plop down on the other side. I don't even mention anybody that I have a broken ankle, but um, eventually, uh, later on, when I you know was home after all of that, and everybody was laughing and having a good time, I realized Oh, I can't drive for the next three months because it's my right ankle. So uh, wow. my sister really helped me out along with that. She kept me get me going to OCRs and races or whatever it took. And um, you know, mm. we even had one thing what's called a rucksgiving, which is basically a ruck with a pack, mm. to do a Thanksgiving right after that. And she drove me up and down Philly, following that ruck along for the entire <laughs> rucksgiving that they have. So yeah, it was it was a real help to uh, to get my sister's assistance and other people's as well. But um Jeez. I'm trying to avoid any more broken bones in the future.
0: Yeah, well <laughs> You know, is that uh is that boot universal like did you now do you have like a matching set or was it like you know you could go, Oh, you know, I had the left one, now I can just put it on the right side. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, it was great. Uh since you could use it on either one, um, I was able to do that. <laughs> now in hindsight I also got a knee scooter because I don't like crutches. So in hindsight oh, yeah. I wish I had actually bought the knee scooter instead of renting it because it would have been cheaper. Um, I also, in the process of, of having my second ankle broken, destroyed the um, one of the knee scooters when I went um, over the handlebars going to get the mail. So, yeah, you can see this. I'm laying as a speed bump in the middle of the road at nighttime. So uh, it didn't really slow me down a whole lot, which I think probably would have better, been a better idea if it had actually slowed me down. Um, but, I, you know, I, I mean, it, it's not an all-terrain vehicle. I found that it does not work well in the mud. Um, oh. it's, that's for sure. Cause I shot a Mudman X about a month later and just trying to push it through the mud and everything else was, was crazy. But you know, I, it made for a great seat though. When I, once I got to my obstacle, I was able to sit down. <laughs> <out of> that. <laughs> oh,
0: that's, that's, I, I appreciate your sacrifice that, you know, to get the photos for everybody. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, I've seen the work you do and I, I, I'm happy that you decide, Hey, you know what? I think I'll go 15 hours without, without using the restroom or, Broke, broken leg, it doesn't matter. Broken ankle, doesn't matter. I'm going to go, you know, set up and shoot. So I think that's 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 probably more than most of the athletes would do. They break an ankle, they're like, yeah, no, I'll try and finish, but I don't see how it's going to happen. But that's that's well, amazing. Well, I,
1: I look at it this way: if they're willing to do. Everything that they do, then the least I could do is sacrifice my part. And I know it's an energy that comes from uh, being on the course, being with all the people. You know, I may, when I finally get home after something like that happens or just a long, a really long day, I think to myself, wow, I'm beat. You know, I'm done for the day, but I didn't do any, any more than anybody else already did on that course. And with all those people, you get such an energy and such excitement. And I would say it's the same for most of the athletes as well. I don't think Mm -hmm. any of them would perform as well unless all those other people were around them. Um, It's that camaraderie, it's that sort of teamwork that even if you're not even running on the course, you still feel it. And that's where I think, where I hope my photos come um, and show and reflect that because as far as obstacle course racing goes, I only had one bad day. I won't even get into the details of it. All I know is by the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I was hot, I was angry, I was like, So And I looked at my photos at the end of the day and said to myself, wow, this really reflects your emotions, not just taking the pictures of people, but it really reflects in a a poor way, unfortunately, that day, how the photos were. So I realized I can't really have a bad day. I don't want to have a bad day, but it reflects too much in what my photos look like. So that was actually the first time and the last time. I doubt it will be the last time forever because, you know, everybody has a bad day at work. It still is a day at work for me. Absolutely. But for the most part... I really love the fact that there's really nothing that can get me down. It's the best job that you can have as far as I'm concerned. And it's because of the people in obstacle course racing and in and racing in general. It's just, they're just yeah. great people.
0: It is amazing atmosphere just to be in. And I, and I can tell you, like when I walk in a venue and the hour before the race and the music's already pumping, people are, like you said, jogging, jumping up and down. There's photographers, there's video cameras, there's all kinds of things going on. It's just the atmosphere alone would even if you're injured would cause you to just not think about it and that that's awesome and, and i appreciate the fact that you know you take so much time and so much pride in, in your in your job that like you said it reflects in your photos is there a certain way that you like to set up photos like do you do you look for like a certain creative aspect or are you just more point and shoot or is, is there is there a message to your madness bob
1: well, a lot of times when I'm shooting for a freelance company, they have a particular guidelines. In fact, they have handbooks on the proper way to shoot for them. Um, sometimes that varies, but for the most part, it is very similar. So when I first started to get into OCR photography, I worked off of that. And, and then I learned from my own experience how I could tweak things if I was allowed to tweak them. Um, for the most part, the, uh, the freelance companies don't really care anymore with me as long as I get the photos that they want and everybody's really happy. And so with that being said, there are, there are very certain camera settings that I do set up. Uh, I prefer setting up at an obstacle and staying in that one particular obstacle. It's my preference because, one, I don't have to go all up and down a mountain getting photos. Uh, that's left to the team leads. I have no interest in that whatsoever. And right. more importantly, too, I want to see everyone I expect to be there. It's a, it's a really tall order, but I really don't want to miss anyone, and it's, it's almost um, an OCD with me. I don't want to miss anyone. That's why I don't go and take a break because I don't want to know that someone I know – well, you know what? Someone I haven't met yet but might but, uh, anyway – that they missed, I missed out on their photo, and so they're not going to get a photo of that. And so that's what's really important to me, and, and it's, it's unfortunate, but sometimes a lot of people miss the getting their photos for whatever reason, and I just don't want to be mm-hmm. that reason um and so i just love the fact that everybody is passing you by everybody's there i usually i have a whole setup though i mean if it's a sunny day you know there's the sun Mm -hmm. lotion if if i'm in the middle of the woods the bug spray um i make sure that um i've always got plenty of hydration i you know you never think it's it's just for the athletes but um if it were up to me i'd probably have two hydration packs out there as well uh it just it gets it gets brutal after a while even if you're just sitting there and um i like to shoot low because it makes for a more dynamic shot of course. Sometimes you have to sit in the mud or whatever else it takes to, <laughs> to get the photo. But um, in general, I like being at an obstacle. I like shooting each and every person that passes me by. Um, to give you one example, it was at Spartan Vernon actually this year. And I hate to mention it because we're probably going to be experiencing it soon. But there was snow on the ground. Um, <laughs> this was a snow on the ground at Vernon, which I don't really think it should have been there at that point anymore. We're, we're in like April. And um, yeah. I, they put me on a, a bale of hay. Um, In the middle of the barbed wire crawl, and there was still snow on the ground, and I had about 7,000 Spartans crawling up to meet me up there. And it was unimaginable how much you had to keep shooting because they were everywhere. (laughs) Even though they weren't going at a quick uh, pace, they literally covered the side of of that particular portion of the mountain. And every time I would lift my arm, my left arm up, I would get scraped by um, the barbed wire. So eventually I had to oh. tape those up. I don't think it would have taken about 15 hours of uh, scrapings. My arm would have just been pure meat by then. Um, but it was great because I got more of a chance to see people, but it was nonstop. It pretty much was nonstop. And by the time the nighttime came, I was probably out there till nine. I yeah. it, it got very cold and it, and it was cold oh. enough for them during the day for people that there was, they were getting some hypothermia in their hands um, and in their feet and their legs, whatever was basically exposed to the snow. But what was worse though during the days, because it was so sunny as well, is that a lot of guys, especially guys, you know, the, the, you know, the top athletes and stuff, don't like to wear shirts. They you know not want to show up with the physique. I get that, you know, let little as compression gear as possible. <laughs> Unfortunately, it also led to basically what the snow created a walk effect, and uh, they were all getting burned. Now, I was at mile 11 of 12 because it was a beast. So by then, offering up suntan lotion to somebody was kind of a move. But the best experience that I had that particular day, which was no one would see. The NBC cameras weren't there. There was really even spectators. There were were barely any athletes at that point. And around 8 o'clock at night, this one guy comes crawling past me. It's dark already. It's freezing cold. He's still laying in the snow. And he lays literally right next to me in about the fetal position. No one else is seeing this. And I just say to him, I'm like, you've got to keep going, man. I'm like, the worst thing you can do right now is stop. Um, You know, I mean, I can't offer him really anything. I don't, he wasn't an elite, but I try to let people do their own thing until they say they need help. Um, So what happens is, is that one of the Spartan staff comes uh, by and says, "Uh, look, guy, you know, we're going to be closing the course pretty soon. He's like, you got to get a move on or, you know, just this is it for you. And out oh. of nowhere, that guy got such motivation, and he kept climbing the hill higher and higher. And I kept yelling to him. I didn't have to take any more photos at that point. He was literally like the last guy. So here he is. He's climbing. And I'm. And I'm watching them. I'm, just, I'm getting. It's like. It's like watching the 1980 America versus uh, Russia hockey game, almost <laughs> you know? And I'm watching him go up, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm starting to go horse now. And he has one friend who's video recording him as it's going up. And the, the staff guy says, look, you have three more obstacles. If you make it up this mountain in the next five minutes, you can keep going. And he did it. I don't know where it came from. He was in a fetal okay. position, about to give up, and out of nowhere. And so I said, the least I could do is offer some um, you know, um, verbal motivation. And so I, I don't know where he ended up. I, I'm sure he finished. Uh, that would work. That's the way I like to think of it. But um he did make it up that mountain and then he only had three more obstacles from there. And that's that's the kind of stuff you'll almost no one will ever see. It'll never be a you know, an elite cross the finish line. It'll never be um sort some sort of like crazy happenings that happened on OCR. And and those are the things that make it more amazing. So I tried to get as many shots of him as possible, but he kinda of disappeared into the dark. But that was that was the big out of fifteen hours of shooting, that was my favorite part.
0: Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's an amazing story. And like you said, yeah, he goes from fetal position to just out of nowhere, just digging down and finishing or well, like you'd think finish or go up the hill. That's, that's amazing. I remember that course. I actually didn't make it to that course because of a shoulder injury, but I remember seeing the photos that, uh, you had taken a people in the barbed wire and uh, I was so mad that I missed that because of the snow and all, and it looked amazing. So you did great work on that one. Uh, I had, I did too. Well, I see a lot of your photos, so I think you do great work all the time, but transitioning into that, you just won an award from Mud Run Guide. Do you want to talk about what, what, what the, what the amazing honor that you just won this week was?
1: Sure. Um, To give it a little bit of uh, in context, it was funny right after, uh, Christmas, I, went, I, got, I had a little bit of the post-Christmas blues, and um, <laughs> I had almost forgotten that there was nominations for particular categories of OCR um, that were being done by mudrunguy.com And there were nominations uh, earlier in the month, and then December 28th, two days ago, was when they announced the winners. And see, here I was, I'm like, oh, Christmas is over, what am I going to do for the new year, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. So all of a sudden I see and I look and and there there's a category called best OCR photographer for 2015 and so I looked and now I was like I was getting all excited I scrolled down tried to find it and there I was and I was like yes and so whatever little post Christmas blues I had they all went away because I had been going up against um, uh, a bunch of uh, really great photographers and everything so you know I started to think well you know I mean actually the runner up is uh, James Appleton from the UK. So I had no idea. No. I mean, in England, his base could be huge. He's also a great OCR athlete as well. So I had no idea, you know, I mean, all my friends and everything were like, Oh, i for you. i will for you. But I tried not, <laughs> I didn't want to to influence anyone. I didn't want to, I didn't, I only put it up there that there were nominations, nothing else, but um, I didn't want to say like, Hey, vote for me, that sort of thing. I, I wanted to see how it worked all, pretty much all by itself. And I was yeah. thrilled. I mean, it's, it's told me there was, there was over 5,000 votes because, Mud Run Guide was looking to donate $5,000 to charities, $1 for every vote. And so they were looking for at least 5,000 votes. So they got their, vote, their all their votes plus some. So the charities, they they made out great. And then, I mean, I was just blown away by the community. And it's, it's, it's that sort of feedback that I get in a very big way from the community that tells me, hey, I'm doing a pretty good job. And for 2016, I'm definitely looking to improve that. But I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody again. The problem in the Northeast is that OCR kind of kind of starts to trail down and trend down because we start having the cold, we start having the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so I don't get to see some people for a while, and so this this I know for sure will hold me off until we're, we're ready to go up again in March or April. Uh, either that, or I have to go to one of the warmer spots in the, in the United States and, um, and find my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I
0: I'm with you there. I, I don't like to go outside pretty much when it's cold, but. There's a lot of people that can stand it, and there's a lot of people that just go south for the winter and run races there. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I just want to say congratulations for that honor. That That's an amazing accomplishment. And like you said, you didn't ask for people to vote for you. You don't need to, Bob. Honestly, when I'm out on a course and I see you, I make it a point to say hi. And I and just the two minutes that I'm around you, you know, I see everybody gravitate towards you because you're such a great guy like I said, your photos are amazing. So I, you know, you wouldn't even have to ask anybody to vote for you. If they saw your name there, they go, "Well, that's a no-brainer. I know exactly who I'm voting for." You know, and uh, that's 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 the thing that makes it all great. Is is not only that you know you're a great photographer, but you're extremely dedicated and you're an amazing person. You know, you're you're amazing to talk to, and just people gravitate t- towards you. And I, I think that's that's what makes that honor so great. And like you said, it's gonna it's gonna make for a good 2016 season. Um,
1: Yo, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I mean, just having that feedback from everyone, you know, it, it even they don't even have to say it. Just by by the vote is there. But I have yeah. tons of people that come up to me. It's funny. I have this little ongoing joke with people. Um, you know, someone will come up to me, uh, someone I don't I don't really know, or, or the person says, Oh, I'm following you on Facebook. And so I'll go, I'll get all serious. I'm like, okay, come on. And I wave my hand. I start to walk away from them. And, and I'm just joking around about following me, right? You know, and so they start laughing. Yeah. And I just have a good time. And and my, one of my goals is, I don't know how it is through the lens, because I can't remember what I have for breakfast, but through the lens, <laughs> I seem to remember probably 95% of the people. And that's what I like. I like the fact if I go up to someone, I'm not going, hmm, who is that? I might get the occasional, hey, dude, what's up there? You know, because so, it's not happening to me right away. But I really want to know who everybody is. I mean, because there's so many diverse amount of people out there, adaptive athletes, yeah. uh, people with cool occupations um, out there, um, and just different family situations that they have that are that are awesome. And so all those different people bringing what they bring to the table, I just want to bring my part as well. And so I just want to be a part of everything because they give me all that energy.
0: That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, that, that was going to be one of my questions was, is, do you feel you miss anything like the experience of, of the race that you're sitting at when you're behind the lens of the camera? Or is it something that, like you said, you, you know, it's memorable. You remember everything that you see through, through that lens. I mean, do you see any differences? Like I know sometimes if I go to an event and you know, I, I just have a point and shoot, my wife has a, has a pretty decent uh, professional camera system, but if I'm taking photos, I feel as though I've I've missed something because I, I'm looking through the camera lens instead of, you know, experienced it firsthand do you uh, do you notice anything like that, Bob?
1: I I think it's 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 kind of it's both. I guess to answer that question is that yeah, being behind the lens, you're not in front of the lens as much, so you don't see as much of yourself at the end of the day. But for me, the entire day, the whole process of it, and everybody coming past me or yelling, "Hey, Bob!" and I'm yelling out to everybody else, or or even with the BFXers, which I gotta say, in Battle Frog, I love the BFX for no other reason (laughs) than I get to see the same people over and over again. So here I am saying hi once, and then I could be six more times I'm saying hi to them as they're passing (laughs) me by. So, I mean, I love that part of it. But, yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit. I mean, I'll take selfies with people, um, but the one thing I do miss out on is the festival area. I miss out on that because by the time I get back, it's kind of like the tumbleweed is coming through. You know, the tents are starting (laughs) to get down. I always wondered what happened there, but there's always someone who videoed something, or photograph something in the festival area, and the closer I can hear that music and everything, the worse off it is for me. Sometimes I've been so far oh. out of there, uh, like Battle Frog, South Carolina. Wow, we were, i was so far out there that I didn't—I couldn't even hear the music. Uh, that's how far, because usually that travels pretty far, um, and I could see them in the valley. And I say it that way because I was really far away. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, uh, you know, I get what I get out of the sport. Um, and what I do for the sport just because of the people passing me by. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I miss out on too much. Maybe I'll try and get a couple more photos of 2016, but I don't really plan to change too much to make that happen because I found That's out good. something. Yeah, I was freelancing for Bone Frog Challenge in New Jersey this year. In fact, it was the, the first OCR you could do to be qualified for the OCR World Championships right after the, the it had happened. <laughs> they decided – or my friend decided to put me in the festival area. Neither of us knew this, but that was a huge mistake. Uh, Brian (laughs) Montespecker is the uh, the lead photographer for that. But I found out that's a huge mistake because I can't shut up. I started talking (laughs) to everybody the entire time in the festival area, and I looked, and I had 600 photos for the day. And for me, that's a really slow day. Uh, I tried to get as many photos as I can, but I realized that's not the best place to put me. You can't put me in a position (laughs) where I can see anybody for more than 10 seconds. (laughs) So I learned that's my weakness. So don't put me in the festival. I tell that to if any of the um, uh, photography companies are listening, don't put me there. Um, and, and other than that, you know, put me on the course and, and let people run past me. I think that's the best way to get the most photos and for me not to spend so much time talking and more time taking pictures of people. <laughs>
0: Do you uh, do you develop a sense of like anticipation? You see that lead guy coming in, and you're like, man, I'm going to get some photos of this guy running this race. Do you, do you feel like a sense of anticipation when you see like the top athletes ripping through
1: at all? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to talk about one, one particular athlete because I almost have a challenge with him, Ryan Atkins. Ryan is so <laughs> darn fast that there's he been is. times where I've been BSing with a volunteer because I'm waiting for the first guy to show up. Well, I should automatically know. I know who the first guy is showing up if it's a battle frog. uh particularly if it's a battle frog. It's not the only OCR where I expect to see him first. But what happened, I remember this was a battle frog, South Carolina again. I'm about maybe 20 feet away from my camera, and I'm talking to one of the volunteers, and I hear just a rustling in the bush. And I look, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Ryan. So I start running from my camera. He passes me by. And so I get a glimpse of him kind of like the way you would Sasquatch. You know, it's like, you know, something Bigfoot out there. So I go, thank God that this is a 16K and that he's only doing an 8 k lap and he's got to come back because I miss him. And it's it's not the first time that that I've missed him or near missed him either. So I have to know that Ryan Atkins is in this particular race and I have to be ready standing there. And if anybody wants to talk to me or I want to talk to them, they got to come over to my camera. So – so I just jokingly say to Ryan every once in a while, I'm like, man, you're so fast. Could you call ahead? Could you text me or whatever? And, <laughs> and he is so much faster than a lot of the guys. Um, I know not in every single race, but I pretty much know. I mean, it's, it's a fact. He's won the, the first place male every single time he's done a battle prize. So it's yeah. it's not like oh it happens every once in a while it literally happens every single time from 2015 and I don't expect that to really change a whole lot in 2016 unless some new players come up <laughs> um, so so yeah so yeah as far as the coast I make sure that uh, the anticipation sure I mean one of my biggest ones was at Spartan Race last year in Wintergreen. Uh, it was a ho- I don't know if you were yeah. there, but it was a horrible day.
0: No. Um,
1: yeah. There was fog. There was rain. I was <laughs> at the Fire Leap, so there was tons of smoke. Let me tell you, it was the worst day to oh. be a photographer because getting oh. pictures was nearly impossible. And on top of that, NBC was there, so they, they kept moving me around. They didn't want me in the shot, which was kind of funny because by getting me out of one shot, they automatically had me in another shot the entire time. So I was like, hey, there I am on TV. There I am on TV. There's Amelia Boone coming in. There I am. There's Corinna Coffin. There I am. <laughs> so it, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I wore my red rain pot shorts its made me stand out more. But uh, that was <laughs> definitely a big, exciting day, too, um, because they're, they're, you know having the athletes, and I don't get to shoot the finish line um, a ton of times. So to be able to do that with the cameras rolling, um, the biggest athletes out there coming in and everything like that, sure. But I don't I don't want to just focus on the elite athletes. I mean, for me, to see all my friends, it's like, you know, it's like uh, when an owner of a dog comes in, um, at the end of the day, I work and opens the door and the dog's tail is and he's jumping. At it. That's how I feel. I mean, I can't describe it any <laughs> other way. I'm like, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. Here they come. Let me get ready for them. we got to get the shot for them. Oh, uh, oh, I think some of them just had a baby. Let me congratulate on their baby. Blah. You know, so it's, it's this whole, I have 10 seconds, like I said, to to have a conversation with each of these people. So I want to make sure I, yeah. I do the best I can in that 10 seconds.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of jealous because I don't, like you said, Ryan Atkins is so fast. I see him on a starting line, or I'll be standing next to him on a starting line. And then that's the last I see of him. So I don't actually get to see the guy race. And I, I think that's what, what makes it unique (laughs) being, you know, know like, it's like, it's like I'm doing my thing. I'm racing. And I'm like, Oh, Ryan Atkins must be already like three miles ahead of me at this point, because you know, I don't, I don't see him at all. And like you said, he's just extremely fast, but you know, I'm with you there. And uh, like I said, I through racing and, you know, like you said, just being there all the time, you do develop just this network of, of people that, you know, you look forward to seeing and talking to every single time. And, and obviously you're one of them. I think I missed you at at the one, at the one race. I, you were there and I was like, Oh man, Bob was there. I was, I must've been having a bad day. Cause it was just, you know, I didn't even realize and, and you know, I felt bad for not saying hi. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm jealous because you get the front row seat to, to see, all these people and all their determination, like you said, adaptive athletes and, and just all the people that uh, I don't get to see in the middle of a race. You know, I, I see the people that are my speed and basically that's it. I don't get to see, you know, the the, the front runners, you know, unless I'm in the front of the race. But, um, you know, I, I think that's fantastic. And for those listening, uh, Bob talked about BFX. That's uh, Battlefrog Extreme. So Battlefrog is another OCR event. And Extreme is basically you run as many laps as you can within a time period. I believe the cutoff is 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Bob, but they go out with the elite uh, yeah. just right behind. It, it, the it elite depends
1: rate. on where it was, and they have different uh, versions of it. But it's anywhere between two and three p.m. It depends on which, which when they were doing it, and they were making modifications to it.
0: Right, and then basically it's it's as many laps as you can on an eight mile course from uh, I believe it's the heat right after the elite, so like 8:45 in the morning to like 3 p.m. or whenever it's about to get dark. And then obviously the the winner basically is the person that runs the most laps in that time period. And that's what Bob was saying is he gets to see the same people come through like four or five, you know, six laps at a time. So that's, uh, that, that's an amazing. So BFX is Battlefrog Extreme if you guys want to check it out. If you guys run the race, then you'll have the pleasure of seeing Bob. You know, four or five or six times on the course, and and get that. I'm sure by probably the fifth lap, Bob, you're probably getting more than a 10-second interaction with people. <laughs>
1: oh, I would say, yeah, you know, definitely had Jerry cans when I was in Florida because they were with me for about 15 minutes, going back and forth, back and forth. You know, so right. you know, I, was, I, I I was really feeling for them by the end of day. And actually, Battle Frog for next year is introducing the BFX 24, which is in Ooh. some ways similar to World's Toughest Mudder because it's now it's 24 hour bfx it's no longer within wow. the time frame of let's say 8:45 to 3 it's going to be 24 hours which i'm curious to see because all the rest of the race will have ended much sooner than that it's not like you have i don't believe bfx 24 is going to be on a different day from everybody else so that's right. interesting It also interesting from a photography standpoint do you, are you there the entire 24 hours or do you have shifts photographers i mean for iron man that i've also shot that, that as well is you do have big breaks and stuff like that, and so I get that, but right. you're pretty much the same photographer from the start to the end. Uh, now, I haven't had the pleasure of going to the World's Toughest Mudder yet, uh, one, because of the broken ankle, and and, um, <laughs> and then the second time, because it ended up... Uh, it was funny. It's in my backyard. It's 20 minutes away from me. It used to be. Wow. Now, being in Vegas, it's a lot harder to, to actually get to. Um, and so, you know, I, I would love to see the camaraderie of a 24-hour event. I, I've seen it through... The various media outlets like um, obstacle racing media and Mud guide, and through this so you get a feel for it. Uh, but you really don't really feel it until you actually get there and maybe be pick her or something like that. Uh, the bf 24 is going to be, I guess, their version of uh, WTM. Um, of course, am I saying that? I'm sure I've got people on both sides like, no, it's you know. So <laughs> I say that with a been of on Everybody, I'm just saying it in right, terms right. of time, it's going to be 24 hours. Just also,
0: in BF24. similarity. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, like you said, yeah, there's somebody now sitting there at VF at VF going, "Oh, wait, what?" You know, come on. Now. Yeah, I know. That hey, that's another I'm like,
1: hey, it's 24 hours. No. We'll say that's the that's the the thing that makes them the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 24 that, that's that's going to be an amazing race. I mean, I know what it's like to run to run just the 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 16k version of that race. I could only imagine what it would be like to do 24 hours of that, especially with the rigs and you know all the all the things that I don't want to ruin the race for people and give give away uh, obstacles on BattleFrog but Battle Frog is not easy. It's a, it, I mean it's it's very challenging course and when you finish that course there's there's got to be that sense of sense of accomplishment for anybody that that finishes that course cuz I know Chris Accord uh prides himself on taking bands you know. Oh absolutely. And, uh, I, yeah. I I mean for you, for you those of you that don't know, basically when you run uh when you run an obstacle course such as Battle Frog or like the uh OCR World Championship, obstacle course racing world championship, you wear this band. And the goal, number one, is to finish all the obstacles and obviously that's, that's, that's where this band comes in handy, so if you finish all the obstacles in your race, you keep this band on, and that's the pride that comes with these kinds of races, is that the, uh, the obstacles are basically, uh, no fail, so you, you just keep repeating them until you basically can't do them anymore, and that's where the, the, the disappointing part of it comes is, basically, if you can't surpass an obstacle, then you give up your band, and you take a 15-minute, uh, I believe it's a 15-minute time penalty, Bob? Does that that sound right? Well,
1: you know, it's, it's changed over time because it, it wasn't at always no fail. Uh, it, you know, you did give right. up your band, but you can continue to go. It used to be right. uh, There were some loopholes in there at the BFX where you could actually circumvent by, uh, the time problem of like the 15-minute jerry can by actually um, doing the penalty, which was far shorter. Ten eight-count bodybuilders far shorter, right. uh, less time to do. And they're filling in those gaps, but that's what I love as being a photographer on the course as well. I get to see – the min, a minutia, as far as OCR goes as well. I get to see mm-hmm. those details that maybe not everybody thought about. And I try to right. offer my feedback. Sometimes it's accepted, sometimes it's not, but, but I'm like, Hey, wait a minute, this is still a loophole. Like for example, rope traverse at battle frog. Rope mm. traverse doesn't happen at battle frog that often. It has to have the right location. So the loophole was there was to just swim across the water and take the 10 eight count bodybuilders. Technically speaking, right. that was a, probably five to 15 minutes shorter than actually doing the rope traverse. So right. you know there was definitely things in there that they're always looking for improvement. And I see those little tiny details. And that's the thing about being at one obstacle for the entire day and seeing all. I could actually. It's so funny. I've never done an obstacle course race. I've never run <laughs> even a 5K. But I can offer tips up to people about how to complete the obstacle correctly because I just saw 100,000 people last year <laughs> do it. You know. Right, so right, I mean, right. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. But I'm not offering to them unless they really are having trouble because it's an obstacle. I want them to be able to figure it out themselves if they want to. But if they're getting frustrated, and obviously we're talking about the non-elite, the elite, I would never offer anything to because I could disqualify them and I don't want to do that either. Um, Right, yeah, right. But a brand new person who's out there is just getting frustrated. I offer a little bit of motivation as to a tip that might help them. And then all of a sudden they can – and I say to them – there's always they're always waiting. I can always see it with the people. Just, they're always looking for. It's OK. Just skip this obstacle. I never give mm-hmm. them that, that short term satisfaction. I'll always write. You could do it. I make it so obvious to them that they could do it, that it almost becomes obvious to them as well. Because I don't want a picture of someone falling into the – well, okay, I do like a picture of someone falling into the water <laughs> with a smile. No, you're evil. But I don't want to see someone with a, like a, a sad face or, or a disappointed face right. because they didn't complete the obstacle. You know, I want to see right. people the, – the, the biggest smiles and most excitement I've ever seen are by the people who thought they couldn't do the obstacle and then showed up on the other side. Uh, I'll give you right. an example. A friend of mine, uh, Rosanna Motto, she's, she's a great athlete. Um, she's well up there as far as sport goes and everything. But she has a problem with monkey boards, or I should say she did have a problem with them. And she was telling me as she was a bone frog challenge in New Jersey this year, she's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. You're going to make it across. You're going to make it across. So she starts, and she's strong. She's looking great. I was like, wow. You know, I was depressed, too. <laughs> and so everybody's offering encouragement. She's kept doing it. By the time, and she did, she made it to the other side. By the time she made it the other side, I, I thought she was going to throw herself off the top of the obstacle. She was so excited. <laughs> And so I throw the Zoom uh, telephoto lens in there, focus on her face, and I get the shots that she's going to remember how exciting that was. And a year from now, 10 years, 50 years from now, whatever time frame, maybe hopefully she still has that photo, and she looks at it, and just the time that she remembers, wow, I had this accomplishment, or she looks at that photo and says, uh, during a bad time in her life, where she goes, look, I accomplished this, I can get this going. And that's that's what I'm hoping my photos do in the long term for people, is they just bring back the memories of the time that they were at the OCR and also to encourage them to continue to do that. I know people will say to me, I didn't find any of your photos. And I'll be like, no, I know I took a picture of you. And so I'll spend <laughs> the next hour or two, which is it does take a lot of time, and i got to be careful about it. But I'll look through everything, or I'll look through my photos because I keep a back up for myself. And I'll be like, oh, here you are, here you are. And then they're all excited. And I know these people will spend – they'll sit down with a cup of coffee for two hours looking for it. It's not like I'm the new server to find photos, but – but I don't want anyone to think that I did get a photo and when especially when i did if if I do remember there was some reason like I was switching out memory cards batteries and I, I completely missed them, and I know it i'll tell them, but that's a, that's a rarity. I always yeah. try to be ready for the next photo so so it's because of their experiences that I want to make sure I'm on the top of my game as well,
0: yeah, that's fantastic and and like I said, and like you said with the you know the 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 capturing of the accomplishment of the obstacles, I can say the same thing that I yeah I look at photos a, a lot. I mean, that's that's what we do. You know, after you race, you're like, oh, man, I want to go see what my photos look like. And you're like, you, you go back and you're like, wow, it's an amazing shot. I know you got one of me, and you said it's rare, rare of the fire jump that I still use. I use it on my uh, Facebook page of me. I literally pulled probably like seven feet, eight feet of air over top of the fire jump, and you caught me at the at the pinnacle of the height. And I was like, nah. man, that's – Bob really Bob really just nailed it right there. And I still use it because it, it's an amazing I, – I love it. I think it's cool. I was like, look how freaking high I got. And I think it was at – I think it was Tuxedo, Bob, last oh, year. Oh, okay. Right,
1: right. Well, yeah, you know, I it mean – when, and when I get those photos, especially when I see someone turn into a profile photo a, an, or a cover photo, even after all yeah. this time, even after all the photos I've taken, and I've taken – it's and I know for a fact it's over half a million photos since I started in 2013, because wow. I've had to replace the sensor in my camera twice because it's only good for <laughs> 150,000 photos. Uh, so, wow. so you know I know for a fact how many photos I take, but it never it never ceases to amaze me when someone puts it up. I and every time I see it, I always say something to someone I'm like thanks for, thanks for putting me up whatever. And I, I just the other day I actually saw my profile photo. Uh, one of my photos is a, their profile photo and their cover mm-hmm. photo. So I hit, I hit, um, I to say the trifecta, the trifecta on that one. But, um, you know, so it, it still gets me excited. Whereas someone else, they get their battle, they cross the finish line. That's their excitement. For my excitement is to actually see my photos being used by people and, and they're right. excited for it. You know, and so that's the part. I, and the, the other part that I love is to go back to photos from two years ago of people I had no concept of and didn't know when they passed me by. They were just they were just a stranger. I was taking a photo. I wish I knew everybody, but I don't and then to right. see two years later that I met them and realized I didn't know them like for the last two weeks or two months. I've known them for the last two years because I'll go back to the photos and go, That's so and so and which I would have never recognized obviously before. Right. And right. so it's fun to see that one of the survival um if back and i will and so then i also get a feel for how long that they've actually been um doing ocr as well it's such a, a much, much longer period of time than i thought so that always gets me excited i'll be like hey I, I actually knew you a longer period of time and so you know that that alone the photos are totally
0: worth going back through i think for anybody to check them out again yeah absolutely uh, you know and I think I I think since 2013, like you said, you've been photographing that uh, it, you've become basically a celebrity, Bob around around there. And you know, like I said, I I am very appreciative of the fact that obviously uh, it's hard. It's hard to have photos taken of like a Spartan race and there's spots where like my wife takes pictures and, you know, and she does a really good job at at spots and there's just spots where she cannot access on the course. And that's where you come in, Bob. And, you know, basically I'll have an album of hers and yours. And it's just, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that you want to sit out there for, for, so many hours and, and, and take photos and be, and be that dedicated because like you said, you know, you don't want to miss anybody. And, you know, I'm always appreciative of the fact that we're I'll, I'll tell my wife, Oh man, you know, you should have seen this one obstacle out, you know, way out in the back. And then it's like, Oh wait, here's a photo of it. You know, and she's like, man, I, you know, you look miserable, you know? And it's like, well, you know, Bob called me at my <laughs> best there. So.
1: Well, one of the things you learn over a period of time of taking over half a million photos is you get a feel for when they're going to smile and when they're going to smile. So, you know, it's like you start to to look for the good, positive stuff. But it's funny because I'll have people pass me by, and they're like, thank you so much for being out here. I think everybody knows I get paid to do it, first of all. I'm not a volunteer, so I always want to make sure everybody knows that. But what floors me is they're thanking me because I, I tell them, I'm like, thank you, because if I was out here, and you guys weren't, I would just look like an idiot because there'd be no reason for me to be here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess it's symbiotic in that sort of sense that we kind of need each other. Um, but right. it's, it explores me. I'm like, these people are thanking me. I'm like, I- I'm the one having a, an awesome time. And, and so when they think vice versa, I think that's the best kind of relationship that you can have with someone, whether or not it's 10 seconds of seeing them or whether or not you also see them on the side at parties and other events and things like that. But
0: but uh, it just,
1: it always floors me when, I, when I, um, I'm banged. And I'm like, wait, no, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, you got a good photo of me a while back at Battle Frog on the uh, Tyrolean Traverse. And it's actually been right. the second time I'd ever seen the Tyrolean Traverse. I never, the first time I ever saw it was in Vermont at the uh, Spartan Race World Championships back in 13, 2013. And then the next time I saw it was Battle Frog over at Old English Township in New Jersey. And, uh, <laughs> I mean you you should have been able to get a nice clear picture because I think I hung there for like a good two minutes uh, and like trying to just move but my my grip and my wrists and my hands were just saying you know what I don't want to go any further so I got about three quarters across the Tyrolean and uh, I'm just hanging there and I got this photo and and I still and like you said you have these memories and stuff it is a great photo great photo. And you don't see my internal struggle in it, but I remember every time I look at that photo, going, "Oh, that was so horrible having to." I think I actually slipped off at the end, right at the end, like two feet from the bank. And I remember at that point it was, if you touched the water, you had to go back and repeat the obstacle. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, and I remember, I remember that it was like I was like, really? I was like, I was so close, you know, like it doesn't seem far until you actually, if you do the up, the the underside. Part of the rope, then it's it's a miserable traverse because it's just it just zaps your hand strength, your feet. And you know, I was running like a lean top ten at that point, and I just remember how how horrible I felt when I dropped off the off in the water, but I remember the photo that you took was, was fantastic. And I still like to look at that photo and use it occasionally because, you know, Hey, nobody knows what the end result was in that photo, but you know, it, it, it's amazing clear. And, you know, I, like I said, the symbiotic relationship, I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that you do take the time and you take the time to stand out there all day and take pictures. And, you know, well, you know, I mean,
1: the one thing I love about rope traverse,
0: um, is the
1: fact that it does take people a long time. The, some of the rules that I've learned, like every obstacle is different for a photographer, One thing I learned about Rope Traverse, take one photo of them when they first get on because it may be the last (laughs) time they're on it. Uh, So that's already step one because they may be splashing in the first 10 feet. Um, Know that even though I have five rows, I can go back again because it's taking 10 minutes probably to cross. There are only two people that I've ever seen like just completely blow away. Of course, what am I going to mention again? Ryan Atkins. But the other guy who totally floored (laughs) me and who did it six times almost in a row, Kobe Call. I was at oh, Battlefrog, yeah. uh, West Virginia, and they were calling it Battlefrog DC back in 2014, but it was it was actually in West Virginia. And he just flew through. It was like he he was barely touching. It was like some sort of ninja you'd see in, in a, a flick where the, the guys are on the wires, you know? And then he did it again. And and it, just, it was like it was so effortless for him to watch that. That's just completely amazing. Um, and so yeah. people like him have to watch because i got to get those photos quick. But for everybody else, if I know their I know their strengths and things, I know they're gonna last for a while, I take one or two shots, then I move over to the next line, I keep doing that until so I can move back. Uh, but yeah, yeah. facial expressions um can run anything from I'm about to drop to Oh my god, I'm almost at the end of this. So, you know, so right. it can really vary there. And it's it is one of my favorites to shoot. So whenever there's and it's cool, it's funny you mentioned that as Tyrolean Traverse because technically tyrolean traverse is only spartan race but this is where it became interesting with battlefrog is it battlefrog only calls it rope traverse because in spartan you make it halfway across you hit the bell and you fall in the water now people were doing that at the very first battlefrog rope traverse because they were spartans and i'm like what are you doing and they're like well we you know we can make it halfway across we jump in i'm like there's no bell in the middle of this rope. You got to make it all the way
0: across. <laughs> and so people
1: were, were handing their bands in, and I felt really bad. But but technically that was that's what makes it harder for me in some ways because I'll actually be course marshaler sometimes if a volunteer has to go to the bathroom or, or whatever. I'll double as course right. marshal. But the thing I have to remember is whose OCR am I at and what are the rules because <laughs> they change from OCR to OCR. Yeah. And so that's why do. it's important to know the distinction. Sometimes if you're only a volunteer, let's see a BF. Or at Spartan, or at Tough Mutter. Well, Tough mutter not uh, not so many course marshals. But um, you have, to, you only have to remember that particular OCR's rules. But when you you traverse all of the different ones, now you have to remember the specifics of each one and keep up with it, so you don't actually tell an elite he's out when he's, you know. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I try not to be the course marshal too often, but while <laughs> I give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, they
0: uh, the the year the the year that I ran Battle Frog, I only run it once. The year that I run it. The uh, the rope traverse was actually slack. It was a slack rope. So right, the one, right. the one, as soon as you got on, it it dropped down like three feet, like almost towards the water. You're like, uh, what's going on here? And I, and I think that's that's what made it for a fun time and probably for great to shoot for the the photos was the fact that it's a, it's a, it's almost a slack rope instead of being a, a nice snug you know tight rope. Uh, I think well, that's that actually it
1: happened in West Virginia too. and one of the guys because it was later, it didn't matter it was a leap. He actually had a, a a beer on him. He had a beer can. And while he's going across it's so slack that he put it on his stomach, kinda of like an otter does with his food. And he just pulled himself across <laughs> with a beer can on his stomach and I got the shot. I thought it was hilarious. And I was like I was like beer can on the course first of all, but then beer can on his stomach while he floated across yeah. you know, He didn't make he didn't make the traversum all that difficult, but that was only because ninety nine percent of them was floating in the water. <laughs> oh,
0: that's
1: of course, fantastic. You, then you go up to people who are, are the for the cash prizes. And the elites, it's a totally different story because they're like, hey, we don't want anybody floating. You have to all make it in the air because that makes it hard. And so yeah. you're obviously uh, catering to different type of people. So you have to make sure – I don't envy race directors. They have to make sure everybody is happy at the exact same time.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> that's Absolutely. not possible. Yeah. Well, Bob, I wanted to thank you for being on the show. we got about two minutes left here. Um you know, I, I always enjoy talking to you, and I'm glad I got to talk to you longer than 10 seconds today. So it's, you know, it makes for a great show. But like I said, I want to say congratulations on being the uh, 2015 OCR Photographer of the Year through Mud Run Guide. And I, I like I said, I know you don't, you don't expect people to say thank you, but I want to say thank you for your dedication for taking photos for all the athletes. And uh, I'm very appreciative that you're on my show today. Well, I really
1: appreciate you you inviting me, too, and I appreciate your words. And you keep out there, and everybody else who's listening keep out there on the course, too, because, as I said, I won't look too good out there if I'm all by myself.
0: Um, (laughs)
1: And and I I would highly recommend I'm going to be at the Bermuda Triple Challenge in Bermuda in March. So if anybody wants an exotic vacation, three OCRs over three days uh, in three different locations in, in Bermuda, I'd say that's the one to go
0: for, for sure. Oh, fantastic. Alright, Bob, will you take care and uh I'll be in touch, okay? Alright, All right, perfect. Thank you, David. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Alright, guys, so that was Bob Mulholland. Bob, like I said, is a fantastic guy. I'm sure after listening for the last hour you guys agree. Uh he's an amazing man. He uh he he's obviously uh selfless in his in his job taking pictures you know he's out there for you guys so if you have a propensity to run an OCR and see Bob out on the course then you know hey say hi Um, like we said you know he's an amazing guy Um, you know and for that matter I don't want to single out any of the other photographers because all the photographers are amazing people that are out there you know doing their thing and taking their job uh, seriously like I said Bob is a local uh, local legend uh, in the Northeast and actually he's a legend all, all amongst OCR, but amongst the Northeast crowd, you know, like I said, at a race, even in the middle of the race, even if I'm struggling, um, we say hi to Bob and, you know, we're very appreciative of everything he does. So get out there, uh, try out the, uh, the race. He just, he just talked about that in Bermuda. I would love to go sometime. Um, I'm sure if I go to Bermuda, it's going to be for vacation. It might not be for racing, as much as uh, obsessed as I am for racing. But, uh, yeah, check it out. Free OCRs in three days. Um, That's amazing. That's a a good time, actually. So uh, Bob will be there taking photos, and I'm sure that you guys will be able to post those for years to come. So I want to thank you guys for listening to the show today. Um, Enjoy your New Year. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. And New Year's Day is Friday. So whatever venture you guys take from there, uh, make sure it's safe. Make sure it's happy. Um, Be careful on the roads. And uh, you know what? Enjoy 2016. And we'll see you in January for the next show. So you guys have a great day.